Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's the Los Angeles Chargers. With us, we've got a first-time guest on the podcast. Today with us is Chargers fan Lee Wakefield. First of all, Lee, how are you? Yeah, I'm great, Andy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm really good. Really looking forward to this episode and getting into talking some Chargers. Yeah, definitely looking forward to finding out, as we do with all our new guests, as to why people choose their team, especially in the UK. So for you, Lee, mm. what made you choose the Chargers? So a couple of a couple of factors really, but the biggest one, uh, when I started watching uh, the NFL, just kind of um, browsing the channels really on Sky Sports and just came across the NFL and uh, I just started watching it and kind of liked it and just got more and more into it as obviously as the years go down. Didn't didn't really like attach myself to a team straight away. Just more attach myself to a player, and um, you know, just someone who jumped off the screen, who you know, has athleticism and just play just kind of wowed me straight away. And that was Ladainian Tomlinson. Um, obviously coming in um towards the back end of his Chargers career, maybe like two thousand six. This would have been when I started watching the game. Um, and he just really jumped off the screen, and obviously then at the time had obviously the young quarterback Philip Rivers and I kind of just latched myself onto those those two players really but yeah it was Ladainian Tomlinson that uh, like I said really grabbed me at first and then obviously uh, with the colours that the Chargers wear I'm a Leeds United fan as well so uh, yellow white and blue kind of you know speaks to me in that sense as well so these factors kind of came together but yeah it was LT I always credit LT with the the, the reason why I'm a Chargers fan more than more than anything really. Do you think that maybe if you'd supported the um gone to the NFL maybe last few years you may have gone down the 49ers route maybe being a Leeds fan <laughs> yeah I could do obviously with uh, the 49ers being in the NFC kind of is okay to kind of keep uh, an eye on their results as well so I wouldn't say that I'm a 49ers fan or anything like that because obviously you can only have one team really but yeah definitely kind of like hope the 49ers do well if the Chargers don't or if they're not in the Super Bowl or something like that yeah so for me I always say that my adult Super Bowl is Dolphins against Bears because my favorite team's Dolphins <clears> and I do you have soft spots I like Chicago so that so for you I'm guessing your idol Super Bowl is Chargers Niners right? Yeah, it would be, it would be, and I've always been a big fan. This is before the the um, the 49ers involvement in Leeds, but I've always been a big fan of Kyle Shanahan, and uh, you know his offense, things like that. So yeah, if, if you can you know if you can make the way to the uh, Super Bowl and obviously the Chargers do as well, then yeah, you could say it'd be pretty perfect for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So heading on to the off season. If I'm honest, I couldn't find many ins. Um, so first of all, go for the outs. So it includes the likes of Nasir Adley to retirement, mm. uh, linebackers such as Drew Tranquil and Calvin Noy and Toy Reader have all left, going to the Chiefs, Ravens, and Vikings respectively. Quarterback Chase Daniel has left as well, as well as defensive end Christian Covington to the Lions, and receiver slash return specialist DeAndre Carter has gone to the mm-hmm. Raiders. And then. As well as your re-signing the likes of uh, tackle Trey Pipkins and your kicker Cameron Dicker and receiver yeah. Guyton and Donald Parham tight end. You also got in Eric Hendricks from the Vikings. Now, I couldn't find, unless I'm wrong here, Lee, many other ins via free agency. I know you took the likes of Quentin Johnson, receiver from TCU, 21st mm-hmm. overall. Other people such as uh, Tuli Tulipoto. Uh, Washington State linebacker Diane Henley, 85th overall. But yeah, I just couldn't find many other ins of any of any note, really. Uh, have I missed anyone, Lee, or was it just been that quiet in the Chargers uh, front office this offseason? Yeah, the, the free agency was very, very quiet. Obviously, you know, take about 12 months, a lot of obviously free agency acquisitions, spending a lot of money in that in that offseason. So yeah, this season, as a kind of knock-on effect, was very quiet. Eric Hendrick, you're perfectly right, obviously was the, the I'll say the I was going to say the big free agent acquisition, but 
I guess it's not really a, a big free agent acquisition. But yeah, aside from that, um, apart from that sign, I would say maybe Nick Williams, the defensive tackle, who was on the Giants last year. But it's like a depth rotational defensive lineman. So I don't think it's a biggie that you miss it, to be honest, off your list there. So uh, yeah, no, it's been a quiet one. It's been a quiet one. Much, um, much more sort of influx coming through the draft, as you kind of mentioned there. And um, hoping that the uh, this draft class and also last year's so that we didn't really get a great deal from steps up and becomes the uh, the kind of new influx of talent on the team, I guess. Yeah, and of course, he took in Quentin Johnson. Now, we all know that Keenan Allen is sort of, he's getting on in age. and uh, He's definitely regressing mm. to productivity on the field. So, you would assume that Quentin Johnson come in to, you know, to eventually be that replacement, be that number, be that number, or even be that number one. You know, he, with Mike Williams, hasn't mm. yet had a go to be number one. He may not ever get to that. So, you know, I think you've got there, your future wide receiver for the next, potentially, hopefully, you know, five, ten years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the charge of wide receiver in this season is, He's actually looking in really good shape. Obviously, you've got Keenan Allen. We all know what he is. Obviously, great route runner. Obviously, the veteran in the room, Mike Williams. Again, you know what he is. He's seasoned in the league. You know, he's going to go up, win the jump balls. Um, and then, obviously, you've got a couple of young guys outside of that. You know, Josh Palmer, who showed himself last year in, in the absence of both those two veterans, came up big. I think he, you know, got just over 900 yards last year, a few touchdowns as well. And then, obviously, you've got Quentin Johnson, as you mentioned, you know, coming in as first-round pick, wide receiver four for a team. It's a good situation to be in. There's lots of talent. Um, and then we also drafted another wide receiver as well, Darius Davis out of TCU as well, who's going to be more of a kick return uh, specialist. Um, you know, will be depth wide receiver, speedy guy, gadget guy. And um, yeah, like I say, you mentioned DeAndre Carter. He's going to kind of give us an upgrade, hopefully, at the, the kick return spot. Um, and then, you know, wide receiver six, open, Guyton, as you mentioned. And then obviously you've got John Hightower who's been showing out in camp as well. So it's a good situation to be in. Like this this year, lots of depth, lots of places to, to go with the ball for Justin Herbert and you know, as time moves on, like you say, Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. I hope that we never move on from him because, you know, he's kind of a Chargers legend at this point and uh, you won't want to see him play another, uh, you know, another team's jersey. Um, but these guys are expensive. You know, Mike Williams is is making north of $20 million APY, same as Keenan Allen as well. And the, the Chargers are, you know, heavily over the salary cap for next year as it's projected to be, we're, you know, 60 or 50 million now in the red for next year. So, it's not a great situation to be in. There's going to have to be some cap casualties. So, you know, maybe the team moves on from Mike Williams and they've got that insurance policy in Quentin Johnson for next year. So, you know, it, it's a good situation to be in this year, as I mentioned, and hopefully it's going to be moving on to continue to be a good situation because we've got this depth built out. So if we lose a player to a cap casualty, like say, like one of these guys, then we can still kind of crack on and still have a good wide receiver call for Justin Herbert to use in, you know, the coming years. Yeah, and of course, you know, Probably, uh, you know, part of the reason why there has been a lack of real spending is because you paid Justin Herbert, who right now stands as the most, the highest paid callback in history. Now, mm. we all know mm. that changes seems, seemingly every day. Um, so for him, of course, you know, with the rookie, but like rookie head coaches, you can get away with a few things, you know, if things don't go right. But, you know, when you get the big contract, like, you know, like he's got another callback's got in the past, the pressure increases and Herbert has yet to really he hasn't yet won a playoff game he hasn't yet done it really in a big game and that really is the main takeaway from his first three four years people are calling him Philip Rivers 2.0 people are often referring back to his lack of a, of a big sort of statement win and a big moment and of course you all know his one playoff game most recently fell with a ends ended up with a you know a massive collapse so obviously we'll get into Brown Stadium in a bit but do you think that <laughs> This can be the year, but potentially Herbert. I know we'll get into your record prediction at the end, but 
do you think this this year Herbert can answer these big questions? Because I know when he first came into the league, you know, he had these big. He, he came, we went close with Mahomes, I think, on his first game, and then Brady, and you know, but from from memory, the last year especially, he lost the Chiefs, I believe, both times. Um, he hasn't yet. Well, the team hasn't yet done it when it matters on a big game. You know, you saw. Um, yeah, we'll mention State later on, but you know, the not making the playoffs in a couple of years ago and you make that collapse in last year. So how important is, especially with the, the new money you've been given in and the import of money he's now receiving and the pressure that adds as the Chargers callback, just do you think he can finally answer those critics and finally do it in, in the big game? Yeah, I think there's a couple of layers, layers to this really and you've kind of maybe hinted at one of the biggest things, biggest factors in the fact that the pressure I would say is more sort of on Brandon Staley than Justin Herbert at the end of the day. Um, we'll kind of get into the reasons in, in, in due course, I'd imagine. But um, yeah, the other layers that is obviously, you know, with the contract coming down, especially it being such a large contract, like you say, we're probably just waiting for Joe Burrow to, to be extended for that to now be the second. Where I'm surprised that hasn't happened, but by the by. Um, yeah, pressure comes with that contract, right? You know, people expect these superstar quarterbacks to drag their teams over the line. And, you know, from the outside looking in, from... A certain perspectives, I guess you could say that, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't had that success, but I would answer back and say that Justin Herbert's not been the problem in, in that respect. You know, he has been almost superhuman, in especially in the, the past season just gone. You know, he played with a fractured rib cartilage from week three. Um, He played about his left tackle. Uh, receivers, as we've already mentioned, were going down. You know, the Chargers obviously known for not having great health look. And that, that definitely had an effect. You know, it had an effect on his play. You know, hopefully... Where uh, this is the last podcast that I have to talk about Joe Lombardi or can mention Joe Lombardi because that was also a problem, you know, in Alec Helen Moore's here and the new season starting. Hopefully, we can move on from that, but it was definitely a factor. Um, and I'm not trying to be a Justin Herbert apologist, and I'm just trying to, you know, kind of see things with a wider perspective than maybe some of us do. But Justin Herbert's not been the problem. Um, he's like I say, making plays all the time, he's um, effectiveness on third down, even fourth down. You know, we, we know that Brand State likes to go for it. I believe he's got a QB rating of over 110 on fourth down throughout his career. So that kind of says a lot. His primetime record is is quite good. Um, I think he's he, he has actually beaten the Chiefs a couple of times in Arrowhead as well, albeit one of those times wasn't against Mahomes. It was in a week 18 game when I can't remember who their backup was, but their backup was playing. But he has, you know, he's been in Arrowhead that, you know, he's got that experience of winning in a hostile environment on the road and things like that. And then obviously the other factor is obviously the Jags playoff loss, the things that, you know, the most recent thing, and you know, we know the NFL is such a what have you done for me lately league. And that's the thing that sticks in the the neutral fans' mind in particular, that, you know, that collapse happened. But again, I don't think Justin Herbert was the problem there. You know, the Chargers got that lead and that was down to Justin Herbert as well. So we've got to, you know, if we're going to ding him for kind of losing the lead, quote unquote, then we've got to give him credit for putting up the 27 points in the first place, right? Chargers lost that game because Michael Davies got hurt. And that's when the Jags started having a lot of success. The, the Jags won that game. And they won that game because the Chargers couldn't run the ball as well. And because of missed field goal as well. You know, the, there was an opportunity for one points and that would have drawn it level. You know, that's partly the reason why the, that game was lost as well. Obviously, it doesn't look good on anyone on resume on that team. And that is the case with Justin Herbert as well. He does need to win a playoff game. Like I said before, the pressure's on with the uh, the contract now, but the pressure's on all the players at the Chargers now, not just Justin Herbert. And, you know, we'll see as things move through the season, the Chargers have got plenty of primetime games moving forward. So hopefully he'll improve that record. But 
suppose you've got to remember from the early parts of his career as well, he was playing on a poor team. That's why he was the sixth overall pick, right? So that first season under under Anthony Lynn just wasn't good because that's who's his quarterback. Uh, he's, sorry, his head coach, right? So, you know, you move into the new era with Brandon Staley. He's a rookie head coach that's got some teething pains and then you move forward. Now that everyone's got the wings underneath them, hopefully, and then we can move forward and have a good season. But yeah, like I say, I like I say, I'll probably have sound like just another apologist. I don't think I should need to because he's a great quarterback. He deserves uh, to be mentioned in the you know the conversations with Mahomes, with Burrow, with Allen. I think it's those four right at the top table. So yeah, we'll kind of see. I one of these things I'll probably come on to this later on when we're talking about records, things like that. I'm a positive Chargers fan. I'm a positive sports fan in general, but I. I'm trying really hard not to buy into any hype because the Chargers won the offseason far too many times in my time as a, a Chargers fan. Um, so I'll believe it when they've won 10 games and I'll start to look forward to the playoffs when that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things. That, it's the hope that kills you. So sometimes it's best to be... Too much. I think somewhat in the middle. I think I don't think you can really be... A, I don't think it's good to be a fan who's going to season expecting, you know, them to win three or four games. That just, that just isn't healthy. <laughs> Even as a realist, you know, I think it's so. I think you know, if you like, I I always try to as a Dolphins fan, I always try to sort of stick to thinking, ah, oh, we'll make the playoffs, we'll lose in the first round, anything more is a bonus. I think that probably, <laughs> unless you're a Chiefs fan or maybe back in the day, Patriots fan, I think most fans of NFL teams should that should be there. What they're what they're hoping for, and I think you, that's because I think if you're going to every season, think you're going to shout out the Cowboys fans, you think you're going to win, you know, get to NFC Championship game and all that. Every year, you just can't. It's it's never going to be a good season in your eyes. So I think, yeah, it's good to be like that. But of course, the whole season may hinder on head coaching of Brandon Staley because he's yeah. been, it'd be his third season now in the league. The first two years, I don't think has been particularly what you thought because if you look back at the first year, now some have defended the decision, but of course, the last game against the Raiders, decision to go for that timeout did seem to ultimately cost when the Raiders were seemingly, from what you've heard, mm. going for the tie and, you know, all that and going to kneel and all that. And then the next season, we all saw what happened. You know, week 18, you played the starters and Mike Williams went down injured and, you know, and then you all saw what happened in the Jags game. So he's under a lot of pressure. And the third year seemingly is the time where a lot of coaches lose their jobs. You know, that third year, that Black Monday sort of cull, a lot of third year coaches do get that chop. So for mm. you... What's your take on Staley and how are you fitting on him going into what some people think could be his last season as a Chargers head coach? Yeah, it went very well, very well, maybe his best, his last year as a Chargers coach because, like I said before, the pressure's on because, you know, you come in first year, you know, maybe you get a bit of a pass because, you know, the, you know unless it's a dumpster fire of a season, then why would the team have hired you if they're not willing to give you at least a little bit of time? So you kind of go through that. And then, as we said before, the season before, last 12 months ago, the team invests in, quote-unquote, his guys, you know, likes of Sebastian Joseph, Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, bringing over JC Jackson, Khalil Mack comes over and trade. So then you're hoping for a step up in the defence, right, with all these guys coming over, guys who can play his defence, his style of defence, because, you know, you part of the reason why they got a pass or he got a pass should I say the coaches have got a pass in the first season because they didn't really have the horses to run his defense and it was quite a departure from the Gus Bradley system that so kind of we all know and love from maybe 10 years ago in Seattle and this sort of uh dissemination of that around the league with the likes of Dan Quinn etc and um, that isn't what the Vic Fangio Brunsday the defense is all about it's completely different you know defense with different body types required so 
you know, you bring in this free agency money, but the defense doesn't really improve. Obviously, the run defense is like embarrassing, uh, which um, hasn't improved in TA3 either. So there are big questions that have remained all the way through when money has been invested. I, I believe I'm right in saying this. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe that in terms of cash uh, outlay this season, the Chargers have the most expensive defense in the NFL. So it's time to put up, right? Because as much as I lambast Joe Lombardi and the Chargers fan fan base has lambasted him, the offense was quite good in his first season. I think they were fifth overall uh, as an offense in, in Joe Lombardi's first year. And then last year, I think they dropped down to about 15th or 14th. And, you know, Staley's defense, you know, the head coach of the team, He's down in the, the the low twenties, which isn't great, you know. And the run defense is embarrassing. So pass defense isn't a problem, but run defense has been a massive problem. That needs to change this year. If that doesn't change, if the Chargers don't make the playoffs or don't even win a playoff game, I'd say maybe even the bars could be set that high, especially after, as we've said, the loss that they suffered uh, to the Jags last season. You know, if the the game isn't pushed and the team isn't pushed beyond where it's gone to then you think, well, we're going backwards and why are we sticking with this guy who can't put a good defence together over the whole season? Because he's a great game planner and obviously he's a Dolphins fan. Maybe we can talk about that shortly when we come on to the week one. We saw what happened last year with the Dolphins. It was a great game plan um, and shut down the Dolphins' offence. Brandon Stanley's got that in his locker. He did it against 49ers as well with um, you know an injury hit roster as well on the defensive side of the ball last year. But it's not worked over the whole season and that's what we need. You know, We need that to happen. And if we get to a point where Kellenmore comes in and we are, I'm not even going to say a top 10 offense, even though that's certainly possible. Say we're like the 11th best offense in the league, but we have an even like an average defense. With the talent level there, that's that's going to make the playoffs. It's going to win a lot of games, even with quite a tough schedule. So that's what we're aiming for as a bare minimum. you know, And that should lead on to playoffs, winning a playoff game, potentially depending on who we're matching up against. And then, as Brendan Staley says, you know, as long as you're in the dance, then you've got a chance. Yeah, I agree totally. And I think that, you know, if you've got, you know, Herbert and Eckler and, you know, a receiver room involving Mike Williams, you know, Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnson, who well, you'll be hoping that on paper as good as he is in college, that's a good offensive trio. That's a good, and also you added mm-hmm. Gerald Everett at tight end as well. And you got the likes of, I know he's getting older, but Joey Bosa on defense, Derwin James as well. There's some good players in that team. And I think that, you know, it's it's a good roster, but I think first of all, yeah. like ourselves these days, you're stung with a tough division. You mm-hmm. know, Super Bowl champion team who's had five straight hosted five straight AFC championship championship games. The home's never played played in a road game in the playoffs, and you know the Broncos mm-hmm. could be good at a Wilson. I think, like ourselves, I think we both wish we were we were in the AFC South rather yeah. than yeah, the for sure. absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing as well, Andy, is that you know. In my time as a Chargers fan, I think this might be the best defensive line that we've had, you know, starting five wise. So everything's there, you know, the whole, and this is kind of the problem. And this is where I kind of sound like I'm going to talk myself into the hype again, because on paper, it all looks fantastic, right? You know, the, the roster is great from start to finish. You know, there's maybe not as much depth as you'd like, but there's a salary cap. So you've got to have some shortcomings somewhere. Um, but, you know, starting positions look good across the defensive uh, sorry across the defensive line and as we've already talked about the offensive skill players and the the quarterback like I said the defense needs to step up but on paper again it's a good defense with the star players that you've named so it's all looking up you know but like I said they just need to prove it on the field over the next few months yeah 
I agree totally. And it starts in week one against Dolphins, which will be mm. the first game in our win-loss-tie segment. So if you are listening to this podcast for the first time or watching on YouTube for the first time, we ask every fan to predict their team's record by going through each game and answering win-loss or tie. Now, week one is a home to Dolphins. Now, you mentioned the game last year. I was actually at that game last year. Uh, well, for most of it, I had to get basically... I was, it was my last day touring America and I booked it and then they changed the time to a later time. So I had to get my flight home. So I had to, um, you know, I rushed, I rushed a half time, got back to my flight and then got delayed by five hours. So I could, I could have stayed for the whole game. <laughs> the end. But, um, it is what it is. Um, I did miss sadly that Tyreek Hill touchdown, but I did see the, the crazy one, you know, when it fell on the floor and he picked it up and ran about 56 yards. That was an amazing experience um, because I had, Child just found in my face the entire game, you know, when they scored their touchdown. <laughs> and I got to have a little bit back. It was me and about one of two of the Dolphins fans in the entire section. It was all just Chargers fans giving me giving me stick, basically. So it was really nice to have that one moment <laughs> where um, I could give it back. <laughs> I'm sure it was all good humoured anyway. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. That's there was no <laughs> unlike our football, there was no real what's the word? Um there's no real antagonizingness to it. It's all friendly banter, yeah, yeah. you know. And there's reason yeah, why you wear the same different jerseys in the same end. We can't mm. for a reason. So yeah, it's all in all in good chess. But you do start week one in that game at home against Dolphins. Um, win loss or tie. I'm I'm actually might, might surprise you here. Um, I'm going to say a loss. I okay. I feel like the Dolphins. I feel like the Dolphins owe us one from last year. Mm. Um, coming out week one. I feel like Mike McDaniel will have some tricks up his sleeve. He won't like the way that loss went against him because it felt like Brandon Staley got the better of him in terms of their duel um, between the, you know, the play callers, so to speak, on both sides of the ball. And I don't think... Uh, I think that he might have some things cooked up um, in terms of plays and things like that. And it's always difficult to kind of... You know, you get a beat on teams when they're week one, right? Because you've not got any tape from this season on them. So they can be cooking up things for a few weeks now and ready for that week one game. And yeah, I think I think the Dolphins will take that one. Well, I'm actually going to be in Vegas um, that day. I mean, it'll be nice. a rearranged 2020 holiday that never happened for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I'm actually sadly in LA day after that game ends, but... 125 p.m. That's going to be something I'm going to really try my best to try and watch because I'm going with three of the friends and only one of them's an NFL fan. He's a Colts fan, so we'll try and find a time to watch it. But I'm hoping I'm I sure can... you'll be able to. Yeah, I'll find I'll find the time, even if I go on my own or go with just my one of the mates. Even if I have to miss the other games, the the late game and the early game, I'll make my mission because that game should hopefully, like it was last year, be be box office be lights out because yeah, yeah you got. When you got Austin Eckler, Tyreek Kill, Jalen Waddle, Justin Herbert, Quentin Johnson, Joey Bosa, you know, Christian Wilkins, and it, it's a lot of good players on on this on both sides of the mm. ball, both teams. So yeah, absolutely, yeah, should be electric and great. Well, what what a great way to start the season, I must admit. Um, week two is your first road game of the season uh, on the road to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm going to go for a win. Um, I recently wrote in the touchdown. I did the uh, floors and ceilings, which is a series that I've been doing recently. Uh, and this week I did the AFC South as well. And I had pretty positive reports to say about all the other three teams aside from the Titans this week. So, yeah, I'm I'm fairly fairly confident that the Titans just don't really know what they are. And I feel like the Chargers will be able to have the better of them. And, uh, yeah, bring it back to 500 after two weeks. Well, actually, I wrote an article for the touchdown as well. I've been doing it for all the divisions, ranking the callbacks from one to four. And I, I think I still had Tannehill second because you got two rookies in there and Stroud and um, Richard. Yeah. But 
Um, I don't think it'll be long. I think if they go, you know, if they progress, if they develop into what we think they're going to be, Stroud and Richardson, I can see whether it's Tannehill, Levis or Willis, Tyson's quarterback being bottom. Unless they go out and get someone again, um, they'll probably be the bottom quarterback for a few years. But they've got Derrick Henry, so you know that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> it has for them, hasn't it, recently? Yeah. But yeah, hopefully we can short the run defence for that yeah. for that clash. But yeah, I think we'll have enough for them anyway. Um, week three is another road game, but this time against the Vikings. Yeah, I'm again, I'm going to kind of maybe come across a little bit pessimistic here, but I think the Vikings will take that. They've got an excellent home record. Um, and they've got a really good team, you know. Again, a little bit of team, a team who's in a bit of flux uh, with kind of how they want to go through things. You know, their GM saying that they're having a competitive rebuild earlier on in the season, which is a bit strange. But yeah, I think they, I think they'll take that one, considering that it is a home game for the Vikings. I think it was the other way around. I might have had the Chargers win, but uh, yeah, considering it's Vikings, I think they'll be narrowly favoured and will probably come out um, on top of a maybe really close game, maybe even down to like a field goal or something like that. Well, speaking of home games, week four, you are at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the win. I win for this. It's quite um, an easy one for me, I think, in my mind. That I feel like, just going back to you know the, the division, I feel like, as you mentioned before, the Broncos could be a little bit better this season than they were last. But I feel like the Raiders are quite obviously the fourth best team in the AFC West at the moment. It's been a home game. You know, they'll want to kind of bounce back after what I've got as a loss to the Vikings. So, yeah, I'm going to say that this is a, a win. And, you know, unlike a lot of charges, maybe quite a comfortable one as well going into the bye week. Yeah, I mean, you got week by week, week five. I mean, that is, for me, the worst one to have. I think I, I think yeah. the one for me is a week 14 bye, week 13 bye. That's the ideal bye, in my opinion. Um, So you have that week five by four, week six clash uh, at home to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, this will be this will be a really good clash. Obviously, Kellen Moore going back to his uh, well against his old team. It will also be in LA, but um, yeah, I think the Chargers will win this one. Coming out of the bye, they'll have some self scouting to do from those two losses against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins. But yeah, I think that they can take this against the the Cowboys again. I think it'd be quite a close one. Um, it would probably be quite high scoring um, if both offenses play well. But yeah, I can see them taking this in prime time on Monday Night Football against the Cowboys uh, at home. So then week seven, um, you're on the road to Arrowhead, taking on the Kansas mm-hmm. Chiefs. See, I'm going to say that we're going to win this one. Oh, I like I feel that. like as much, as much as I've maybe given the Chargers a couple of pe- pessimistic shouts early on, I feel like we can really bounce back and take another one here. I feel like we, as the, you know, as the arrivals of the Chiefs, I feel like we play them as close as any team does. Maybe aside from the Bengals, obviously, who've got a really good record against them, especially in the playoffs. But I feel like, especially in division, we play them really, really tough. And I feel like they, the games that we play against each other come down to one or two plays. And I feel like it's just going to go this way again. And we'll go into Arrowhead and get that that victory. Fantastic. And then you mentioned prior time before, the other one comes in week eight, um, the late game against the Bears at home. Yeah, again, like the Bears are in a bit of a rebuild, aren't they? So this is one that if the Chargers do have playoff aspirations, which surely they, they, they should do, it's going to be another victory, hasn't it? Because, you know, like I say, it's a team, two teams at different ends of the spectrum, different timelines, different stages of their journey. And uh, yeah, we should be should be looking to take this one. Uh, again, on the prime time against the Bears. And I believe that'll be the Sunday night football clash as well. Um, yes. Yeah, it should be. And I think you've got it again, another prime time in week nine, which I believe is, again, same time slot, or maybe it's the 
That's a Monday night football. Monday game against the Jets. Yeah. Um, against the Jets on the road in New York. Yeah, this this will be a tough one. Obviously, you know the Jets could be rolling by this stage. Obviously, under Aaron Rodgers, they've got a really good roster. Obviously, the, the good times are. Well, I will say coming back. I guess they have had some good times in the past, the Jets. But yeah, I think I think this could be a loss, especially on the road. It's a long way, obviously, from LA to New York. So yeah, we'll say we'll say a loss for this one. Okay, and then week ten is a home game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, um, this, I reckon this will be a really really close game. Obviously, the Lions are very much in vogue at the moment. Um, but I think the Chargers will come out on top. I think the Chargers are a little bit better, at, you know, than, than the Lions at the moment. They've got that quarterback, and you know, at home again, a little bit like what I said with the uh, the Vikings game. There, this might be a close one. That's maybe via a score, a field goal, very very close. But home advantage should just about eke the Chargers over the line. I would say. Hey, then you travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers on the road. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go for a win for this one. This will be a tough road game, obviously a tough place to go. But the Packers no longer have that fear factor now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers on the centre. Obviously, I've always said that we're going to lose to Aaron Rodgers earlier in the season. So um, kind of shows that maybe this one's flipped around with that quarterback exchange that's gone ahead that trade. So, yeah, I'm going to say they're going to they're going to have a win in, in Lambeau. And, um, you know, it'll be a close one. I don't think it'll be a walkover by any stretch of the imagination. The Packers have still got a good defence. But... Offensively, they're not going to be as strong as they have been over you know the past well twenty years. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. I I think it's going to be. I think Love will succeed, but I just don't know whether it'll be in his in his first year starting. Um, week twelve, though, your final game of November is a home game against the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, yeah, it's another prime time game. Uh, the Ravens, I think, are going to be really good this season. Um, like like we've said, um, we've got two tough divisions, but the toughest in the AFC might be the AFC North. Um, because the, you know the, every team is good, and the Ravens are going to be good as well. I really like the hire of Todd Monken to go out hand in hand with Lamar Jackson over there, and um, yeah, the defense is always going to play really tough. So yeah, I'm going to say it's a loss in prime time, um, against Baltimore because like I say they're two really match well matched teams, but Baltimore are just going to come out on top. You know, again, coin flips in the NFL is such a thing, isn't it? You know, where these close games just come down to one or two players. I think this could be another one, but it just goes the other way. So week 13 is a brutal one for locals. 10 a.m. if you're living in L.A. Uh, on the road to the New England Patriots. Yeah, this this one I can see being an absolute grind for the Chargers. I don't think that the Patriots will have a great deal on offense, but their defense is going to be really, really good. Um, I can see there's been a low-scoring affair where the Chargers just about eke it out. Okay. Um, week 10, sorry, not week 10, week 14 uh, is a home game against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, um, the Broncos, like I say, as much as I just mentioned a moment ago, that they're probably going to be a little bit better. I can see the Chargers taking this one at home, um, which might be a different story to the Week 17 game that we'll come on to in due course. But yeah, I think that they'll they'll, they'll win this one in uh, in Week 14. Um, and then Week 15 um, is a road game. You're traveling to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Yeah, Thursday night football, I believe. So yeah, I can say I can't really roll back on much what I've said earlier. It might be on the road, but I don't think the Raiders are going to be much match for the Chargers this season. I think we'll sweep them and therefore take the victory. Fantastic. And then December the twenty third, so not quite. We had a lot of teams recently where they're playing Christmas Eve. Your one seems to be um, actually might be early hours of Christmas Eve. It's five pm in their time, so probably the the more the one am game on Christmas Eve uh, for UK fans yeah. at home to the Buffalo Bills. Yes, it's obviously going to be a really tough one. This could be could have that random factor, right? If it's snowing or something like that, 
Oh no, it's in no, sorry, I'm talking nonsense. It's in LA, isn't it? <laughs> no, sorry, LA, never mind. That'll be something. Either, yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna happen, is it? Um yeah, I still don't think this is gonna go the way of the Chargers. The Buffalo Buffalo Bills are just too strong of a team at the moment. You know, unless injuries hit, uh the, the Bills I just think they're just a little bit better than Chargers at the moment. They're in that just tear up with the uh, with the Chiefs and the Bengals probably in the AFC at the moment. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go for a loss for this one. Okay, and then week seventeen. New Year's Eve, so one twenty-five local time, nine twenty-five pm if you're watching in the UK um, at the Denver Broncos. So yeah, I'm gonna actually go against um, tradition here, and yeah, I'm gonna have to say that the Chargers are probably gonna lose this one. Um, they don't tend to win in Mile High at all. Um, it's one of those things that where they just seem to have the hoodoo over them. Again, this one actually could be snowing. Going back to my earlier point, you know, it could be one of those random games. Um, but yeah, I just can't really it's like the Chiefs the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC West and the that's just like it's going to happen until it doesn't sort of thing and the Chargers are probably going to lose every time they go to mile high until they don't so yeah I'm going to have to predict a loss with this one as well and then finally you mentioned the Chiefs you play them at home in week 18 so this will this will kind of depend on whether the Chiefs are going to be resting starters whether the Chargers are going to be in that position whether you know how it all shakes out so this is a very very difficult one to call I'm going to go on the positive side of positivity. I'm going to say we're going to sweep the Chiefs as well. It's got to happen at some point, right? It might not mean that we win the division, but it might put us in a really strong chance to do so. So, yeah, let's go for it. Let's say we're going to beat the Chiefs, we're going to sweep the Chiefs on, on this occasion. And, uh, yeah, really going to the playoffs on a higher, hopefully. So that means that you will be finishing with, according to yourself, a 12-5 and record, which, you know, okay. if you assume from that, that will get you in the playoffs. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, a stretch as a division winner, but if not, you know, as a wildcard team. So if that does happen, um, there's a bonus prediction. Um, how far will you go mm-hmm. in the playoffs? Well, I mean, considering we swept the Chiefs in that one, I actually had, I, I must have miscalculated. I thought we were going to be on 11 wins, but never mind. Um, if we won 12 games and we beat the Chiefs, I think we'd probably be the number one seed, maybe number two seed. So, you know, we're going to have a home playoff game. So you're going to say, probably should win that. So maybe the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I like that. That's, um, that's. I mean, that'll be definitely progress. I mean, you... I'm definitely buying into the hype. I mean, it's taken us like half an hour, but I'm definitely doing it now, right? Actually, I do apologise, <laughs> actually. I did get it wrong. It is 11 and 6, not not 12. Okay. Off. So, yeah, um, that changes completely what I was going to say next. Because I had you originally as one of our most optimistic fans. So only um, <laughs> five, Sounds about right for me. Only five fans have had more wins than twelve predictive left for their own teams. But now you're eleven and six. So you're probably just just below the top ten. So we've got quite a few fans on eleven and six. You now are sixth fan to be eleven and six prediction. But you're only okay. the only ten fan. You are our twenty our thirty second guest and our oh no sorry our thirty first guest and our thirtieth team we've done so far. And mm-hmm. oh, 29 teams so far, and and yeah, only it's been a long series. I know, yeah, <laughs> even I'm getting mixed up my numbers here. That's how long we've been. <laughs> yeah, only 10 fans ahead of you. Um, one you know, actually, um, in um, Roy, Roy Joe Daniels, he had his Bengals oh, going yeah. 13 and 4. I can see that to be fair, everyone knows his stuff as well, so I'll definitely yeah. go along with that. Yeah, I mean, the 11, the 11, 12 win thing, I guess it, it depends whether we're winning the division, I guess. But, you know, I think the Chargers ceiling could like, could be winning the Super Bowl, I guess. But, I mean, a realistic ceiling would probably be to make it to the AFC Championship game. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, to be honest with you. Regardless. I, think, I think even making the divisional round is probably a progress because 
I can't think when you last oh, absolutely. won a game. Was it the 2018 season when you last won a play- Or did you lose your first game in playoffs against the Pink? Yeah, we... Did you no, no. Them? So, yeah, we won the wild card round against the Ravens and then oh, yeah. lost to the Patriots that season. Yeah, that was last time we won a playoff game. Wow, it's a long... I mean, long than us, um, but still still a long time. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I hate the fact that, you know, the Detroit Lions have got this long record of, you know, being the longest team without a playoff win, and they could do it this year. And we're next. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're more since, I think, 2000 or 2001, we last won a playoff game. So it's, you know, mm. I'm sort of, as long as we win a playoff game, I want the Lions to do well. But if they do win <laughs> and we don't win a playoff game, we're going to have that on our heads until we do it otherwise. That's going to be not very nice. Oh, wow, yeah. That's a, that's a wooden spoon to avoid, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that is where we'll end this podcast for today. So first of all, um, thank you for coming on and joining the podcast today. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on, Andy. Thank you very much. I enjoyed myself. If I'm told you mentioned you work like myself for the touchdown, what's there to look forward to? For those listening at home that want to check out your work, um, what can they look forward to on your on your social media and what kind of work are you looking to do? So yeah, I'm gonna be gonna be heading up the, the NFL team at touchdown, my first season with you guys. So yeah, really looking forward to kind of getting into the weeds of the season, like I said before. Um, I've been covering floors and ceilings pre-season, but that series will finish just before the season starts. And in season, hopefully going to be just looking at uh, just some players, just some things that stand out, some plays that stand out, um, just diving into whatever I want, really. I mean, kind of the NFL season can offer you so many avenues that I just kind of want to dive in. I, I like other three tapes to these kind of things. So, yeah, I'll definitely be looking at doing that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check out my Chargers work, I, I write for Bolt Beat, uh, part of the fan-sided group. So, yeah, at BB underscore Chargers. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there and at Wakefield90 is my personal Twitter account. Great stuff. And that's where we'll end it. So this has been the Across the Pod podcast, Chargers season preview. And we'll see you guys for our next season preview, which will be the Tennessee Titans. See you then. Mm-hmm.